Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. The Bible as the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 downwards says that back Continue thou in these things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. Amen. Let's all read verse 16 together, 16 and 17 together from the screen, if it is there. All right, shall we all read it out loud? Let's go. So we have the ladies read the verse. Read it for us. 16 and 15. Go ahead. Ladies, let's go. Let's all read it. Let's go. Sis. Thank you. Wow. It's always nice when you hear God's children. The daughters of Zion read the scripture. Can we have the brothers? Let's go. Amen. In fact, I just saw a word here that got my attention in line with today's reading. That word complete. Verse 20, please. Now may God, the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. This is so nice, a scripture. He's the God of peace, amen. amen. Who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. That great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of, of the... These are so, such wonderful phrases. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. The Lord who brought him again from the dead. The great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the Bible, he said, may that God make you, make you complete. Remember Colossians chapter 1 verse 28, it says that him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man. That, that's the same word. That's the same word. To, pre- to present every man. So I'm sure one of the translations will use the word complete. To present every man complete. Every man perfect. And he says that, may the God of peace who brought Jesus Christ from the dead, may he, verse 21, may he make you complete. Now we are finding out that the, the means by which he makes us complete 
Second Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, 17, that the man of God will be complete. So God makes us complete through the word when it is used for doctrine, it's used for reproof, it's used for um, correction, and it's used for instructions in righteousness. You cannot be perfect. You cannot be complete. Paul said we preach that we present every man complete, perfect. You cannot be complete. You cannot be perfected outside of doctrine based on or outside of using the word of God for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. So it talks about how God, he himself, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. To some he gave Ephesians 4, some he gave apostles, some he gave prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Now, well, I think King James used for the perfecting of the perfecting of the saints. The same. So it's interesting. Yes, we can see two agents of perfection. Oh, the means, the word of God, without the word of God, one cannot be completed, uh, perfected. However, how does the word of God, how is it used to complete? It says that it's used, it's profitable for doctrine, for instruction, for reproof, for correction. All right. And now it says that Jesus gave apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the Paul says that to this we strive to present everyone perfect, everyone complete. So the, the pastor, apostle, prophet, the minister of the gospel's job is to now take the Bible, the word of God, and which is the breath of God, take it and use it for doctrine, use it for reproof, use it for correction, use it for instructions in righteousness, so that now what Paul said we strive towards will be achieved by people becoming complete. And so it looks like it's God who is completing you through the working of the pastor who has to use the, the word of God for what? For, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Hallelujah! Thank God for the word of God. Now, so we just have read how it says that all scripture, I don't ever know when I will ever outgrow the scripture. There's no a part of scripture any man can outgrow, but you know, sometimes when you read it, you can move on. But every time I read it, I just can't move on. Because the thing is grip is gripping me. It's, it's, it's no nails grip. Is really gripping, has a grip on me. I, I think, put it on your stage, that verse 16, Second Timothy chapter. I put it, if I were you and I have Facebook or all the social media things that ask what's on your mind, always just put the scripture there. Yep, just put scripture there. I mean, yeah, let the scripture speak. Okay, the scripture, when the scripture ministers to you, I don't see why you should keep it to yourself. Anything that genuinely ministers to you from God, it means that God is flowing through you. If it stays with you, it didn't really minister to you. If it ministers to you, yeah, you got to pass it on. Pass it on. The word of God 
is meant to be passed on after he has lived in us. So, put it somewhere. All scripture, I think you should, you should have this, this, this is very powerful. All scripture is given by the inspiration. And it depends on where you want to put emphasis on. Me, if you give me a lot of emphasis, but I will use the, I will do all scripture in bold. That's why I put the all scripture. That thing is big for me. All scripture. All scripture. So whatever the scripture says is final. No, anything anybody does in any society, they must have authority for doing that. So, who, what gives the prime minister the right to be leading the country? Because electorates have given him the authority. So, when he speaks, you ask him, well, who gives you the authority? He said, voters gave me the authority. That's how democracy is supposed to work. Voters give you authority. And parliamentarians don't say just what they think. They represent their constituents. So when he goes to parliament, he's supposed to be representing the opinions, the wishes, the desires of the people they represent. No academic exercise or submission carries respect and weight without references. So you submit your thesis, you submit your research paper, what makes it credible is what is your source? You can, and when it comes to different fields of endeavor, there are authorities. And then even in fields, various fields, there are respected authorities. But sometimes the, all the, not all the authorities agree. So you see, they, then they say school of thoughts. So even if you are submitting an essay or a thesis, you must refer from one of these or these authorities. If you refer, they know because this is an authority, even though authority A might not agree with authority B on everything, you must have, what you are saying must have, must be backed by an authority. Jesus went to the temple and took a whip and whipped people out. They didn't say what you did was wrong. John chapter 2, they came to him and said, by what authority? <laughs> we want to know. John chapter 2 from verse 8, 17, 18, 19. They came to him and they wanted to know by what authority he does these things or maybe by what authority do you do these things? So, that's why they always quote, Moses said, they came to Jesus and said, Moses said, you have made yourself a credible rabbi. The people believe you. If I went and brought the woman caught in adultery, John chapter 8, they said, Moses said in the law that anyone caught in adultery should be stoned to death. This woman was caught in adultery, the very act. What do you? You have quoted Moses. Why do you want to know my opinion? Why do you want to? You have quoted Moses. So go and do it. But the Bible says grace and truth came by him. 
and he did not come. They, they, they really think they, they thought they could put him in a very fixed, a difficult position. Because he had already said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. He said, the son of man did not come to condemn or destroy the law. Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy the law, uh, but to fulfill them. And now they bring somebody and they quote the law. And they know your position that if you say stone him, because he came to save and to uh, seek and to save that which was lost. So if you, now someone is caught in sin, he will be going around telling people your sins are forgiven. Now, you cannot say condemn the woman. And yet, you can't also say Moses is wrong. You can't say Moses is wrong and you can't say condemn the woman. And we want, they says that, what have you got to say? They came to him. They, they were asking him, now, what do you say? Yeah. So if people be having, asking you trick questions based on your convictions and in the Bible and all that, it's not new. Unbelievers and carnal believers always like that. To put you in a corner to see, see what you're saying doesn't hold. What, but then, Jesus, the answer he gave them convicted oh it's very serious he didn't say Moses he didn't go he said no you whichever of you is not sin just obey Moses just obey let that him start he didn't say all he said one he said whichever of you is without sin without sin execute what Moses said that's very strong statement that is at the bottom and the basis of why Jesus came Jesus came because we could not keep the law. He says that in the sight of God, no man can be justified according to the law. Romans chapter 3 from verse 21 and Galatians chapter 3, verse, uh, I think uh, 10 and 11. He says in the sight of God, no man, verse 20 or 21, uh, Romans says, therefore, by the deeds of the Lord, will no flesh be justified in the sight of God. For by the law, it's rather the knowledge. The more you are focusing on the law, Lord, the more your sins are increasing. That's a, that's a serious problem for man. <coughs> serious problem for man because he was saying that I wanted to keep the law. There is a, the law of God is good. Romans 7, 12. The law is good. The, Lord is, the commandment is holy. The problem is not the law, me. He said, but I am sold and carnal, sold under sin. Verse 14. He said, but I am... But I am carnal soul under sin. And sin lives in me. When I want to obey the law, there's another law inside me. So he says there's a law of sin. That is why God said, I've given them my standard to live by because they think they can. But my standard is supposed to push them to be very miserable. Because you're trying to obey what you can't. You are trying to pay a bill your salary doesn't support. You are trying. What? You are left with frustration. You are frustrated. You are frustrated. You are frustrated. I can't handle this. I'm frustrated. I can't handle this. God is just trying to help us. The, the means to salvation is frustration. When you are tired of your strength not being able to help you, you just tend to God. That's why it's good news. The good news, first of all, comes with 
catching you in your sins. <laughs> it's the good news. It puts a net on you that you know that you can't escape because I'm a sinner. The good news makes you feel so sinful. And then so that you can see how good it is. Without being, that's why I said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For this is the kingdom of God, chapter 5. So, they came to Jesus. Jesus said, you know what? Which of you has stoned the person? I'll still go to the Bible. But I think this is interesting to note. And this is a fundamental Christian understanding that everybody in this assignment or who sits under our ministry must when they wake you up at night, you must just know that God gave us the law not to keep. Because he wouldn't have asked Moses to put, it, put the law in the Ark of the Covenant and cover it. He gave us the law to drive him, to drive us to faith. The law to drive us. So the law will push us. So all Moses and all of them, they died knowing that they couldn't meet the standards of God. And they just were grateful for faith in God's providing himself a lamp that would take away our sins. And then Bible says, for what the, what the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh. Somebody say the flesh. It's not talking about skin. It's you, you, your, your real human nature by which he has given us great and exceeding precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Because currently, you are only partaker of your human nature. And that's where the problem is. And because of that, you can't escape the corruption, corruption that is in the world to last. But it's the divine nature, being partaker of the divine nature, that affords you the ability to escape the corruption that is in the world to last. First, second Peter chapter 1 verse 4. So, God gives us his word after to save us and to keep us and to inoculate us. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Last, in, last week I spoke about the inspiration. That when we talk about inspiration, it is not, um, the, actually I didn't mention there are, about, there are six false doctrines of inspiration or false when we say, okay, look at, look at the, the main word again. He said, all scripture, first, second Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So if it's given by inspiration, now people have deliberated on how, what was the mode of inspiration? How was it inspired? What was the mode? It's very important. And there are six false modes presentation modes of inspiration they said okay god this is how god inspired people there is the natural mode of inspiration the it's a false natural uh, means of inspiration which is you know people are genius some people can come up with things and you are wondering well how did they come, how did they come up with these things like they were wondering about jesus from where does he get all these things you know, so very highly talented people or geniuses, they can come up with something. It's like a natural talent, but it, this is out of this world. Uh, like 
Confucius and some of these people, they, they are, their mind, the way their brains worked, they were very unique to the extent that they, they could churn out something. It was so good, God said, okay, yeah, I can use it as my word. So they think that Isaiah, Isaiah is a genius. Moses was a genius because he was trained in Egypt. But the guy became a genius and a fantastic person. He started writing things. And God looked at the God and said, whoa, whoa, Moses, now, no. That is what is called the natural theory of inspiration. And it's a false, false theory of inspiration. Praise God. And then the other false theory of inspiration is the one I mentioned last week, the mechanical theory of inspiration. Mechanical theory of inspiration is exactly what happened to that um, guy who his followers call a prophet in a cave. Something appeared to him and said, right. So everything he wrote, it was very different from him. It's not from him. He just kept writing. They said, right. And it's mechanical or dictation theory. So it's either mechanical or dictation theory. Pastor, if you are saying the Bible came from God, how did it get to us? Because God is a spirit. God has never owned a printing press. Some of the things God created, there are so many things God created, including the mountains, including the rivers, the lakes, the forests, the animals, but he never created a printing press. God doesn't have a printer. So where did he get this? You, where did you get it? And you are saying it's from God. That's why some people will tell you that as human beings just who wrote some things. And King James, they will tell you King James was, was a very bad man and wrote all that. So that, that's, what, that's why it's important because it wouldn't be important to be teaching this, even though it's necessary, if we didn't live in a mind-generating, mind a mind, mind-motivated society. But actually, fortunately, Christianity is not mindless. So you want to bring it in the realm of mind, bring it. Bring it on. You want to bring it in the realm of emotions, bring it on. We cry for God. We are happy for God. And we can be angry for God. They want to, they want to bring it in the, uh, in the realm of the spirit. Bring it. Any other thing that attracts people to church and to stay in church... Outside of the pure word of God is not Christianity. And it is fraught with all kinds of excesses. Except people will be genuine, but they will end up in errors and excesses. It is only the word of God which is powerful, which is sharper. Be able to discern the intents and the thoughts of the heart. It's only the word of God. You yourself, sometimes you won't even know how fake you are. Sometimes you know how fake you are. You are going around like David. How can you do this? Let's crucify the man. That man that killed somebody, took somebody's sheep. Let's go for him. Let's kill him. How can you do that? Nathan said, you are the man. He didn't know he was fake. We, sometimes we are human beings. We are very good at picking people's problems or faults, where they went wrong. and where, where, where. It's only the word of God that when we bring it very close, it can catch us. It can catch us. It can catch us. It's sharp and it cuts. So Satan will fight it. 
Don't, don't waste your time going to church where you won't grow in your knowledge of God's word. Don't, it's not Christianity. So mechanical theory of inspiration. All right. The, the false is false. And then the third one is the illumination theory. Let's all say illumination. illumination. Let's all say illumination. illumination. You know what illumination means? Like, whoa. Whoa. I've got something. So it's like somebody, they were there, and then maybe in the prayer, psh, wow. Oof. This thing is good. This thing, this thing is good. They were illuminated. Something lit. And then they said, aye, 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 this is a good one. Light has come. This one, we have to make it. <laughs> ah, Eureka, Eureka, Eureka. Found it. Illumination theory of inspiration is false. And then we have the um, trans theory. But when we say trans here, trans theory, it's like someone gets into a trance. Yeah. T-R-A-N-C-E. <laughs> What's that trance? Where somebody falls into a trance and he says, I was unconscious, conscious. But then something was, I was being told things. I was being told, when I finished, I just started writing. I didn't even know what I was, I was writing. I began to write things because I, I fell into a trance. So that's how God inspired. No. God, in fact, when I was preparing, I was thinking about something. I, I was thinking potentially now between the Bible and Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm thinking which is the greatest miracle. But the Bible seems to be a very fantastic, great miracle to produce the Bible. How God produced the Bible is serious. It's extraordinary. So, we have the trans. So, so far, we have seen the mechanical theory of mechanical theory as inspiration. The, the false natural theory of inspiration. The uh, illumination theory. The trans theory. And then the last two is the partial theory. Partial theory. Partial theory. Let me give you what they mean by the partial theory. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. It says that. Verse 16, I'm sorry. Verse 16. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. The next verse. Quotes. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass the last days, says the Lord. Now watch this. It says the Lord part of what God is saying. Or says the Lord is a word from the prophet. Did you, that, that makes sense. Or even look, even look at the verse 16. Verse 16 said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet. Now, that this is what was spoken by the prophet. Is it the word of God or the word of God that the, word, the prophet spoke? Do you understand that? Because the prophet comes and he says that that says the Lord. Tomorrow morning by this time, 
a flower at the gate will be sold for a shekel. That says the Lord. Is that that says the Lord part of the word of God? Or that that says the Lord is from man? And then the word of the Lord also came. Like my daughter asked me the other time, if the Bible, everything is the word of God, Satan spoke inside it. There are things that God didn't say. Someone even said, I will kill him. I will kill my enemy. I will, I will kill my brother. I will kill my, for, for sleeping with my sister. Uh, yeah, Absalom. You know, so all those things, are you trying to say everything is the word of God? Satan came, uh, Job's wife came to Job. He said, curse God and die. It's, it's, but that's not God who said it. And to the extent that Job said, you speak like one of the foolish women. So Job rejected that statement from the wife. Are you saying that is also the word of God? Capital Y, capital E, capital S. Being the word of God doesn't mean it was spoken by God. Being the word of God means that it is written. What is written is what, so everything that was documented is actually the word, including the T, including the I, including the dots on the I. Everything is actually the pure word of God. It is not the words of God. So the partial theory purpose that it the Bible contains the word of God. But it's not entirely the word of God. Wrong. The Bible doesn't contain the word of God. The Bible doesn't contain words from God. The Bible is not the words of God. The Bible is the word of God. You don't come across anywhere in scripture where Jesus, even Jesus says that the, uh, the word of God, John chapter 10, verse 34, 35. The word to whom the word of God came to. Um, yeah, do you see that? To whom the word of God came. He didn't say the words of God. Mark, John 4, sorry, Luke 4, 4, Matthew 4, 4 by Jesus. Man must not live by bread alone, but by every word. He didn't say words. Webum day, not weba day. Weba day is words of God. Webum day is word of God. There is a massive difference. The Bible is not words of God. The Bible is the word of God. When, what, now, when you say is the words of God, that means things, everything God, everything here came directly by God speaking. But things here are not directly, the, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right. Those are things like God, God said, it shall come to pass the Lord, it says the Lord. Those were direct words that came from God. But it was recorded in the word of God. The word of, no, see, we are not focusing on words. We are focusing on this, this, this whole document, this whole library, library called Biblios or Biblia. This whole library called Biblia is the, a word, is a word from God. The word of God. The Bible calls it the scriptures. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. The scriptures. The holy scriptures. Second, no, chapter, um, 
3 verse 50, I'm sorry. The holy scriptures. The holy scriptures. Then verse 16 calls it the scripture. 16 calls it uh, all scripture. Scripture, not scriptures. Scripture. Jesus said in John 10, 35, the scripture cannot be broken. Jesus said the scripture cannot be called. So it's called scriptures. It's called scripture. It's called holy scripture. It's called the word. There are times the Bible says the word. The word. And, and uh, he actually, Hebrews 4, talk about the word of God came to them. So it's called, also called the word of God. The word of God. And it's also called, in some parts of the scripture, it's called the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Like um, in Zechariah chapter 1 verse 1. Um, Hosea 1 1. Joel 1 1. Zephaniah 1 1. Malachi 1 1. Um, Haggai 1 1. You come across one of them. You come across the... Uh, the, okay, the the first day of the man, the word of the Lord. He didn't say the word of God. It's the same thing. The word of the Lord. Okay, now look at um, Zechariah 1 1. And then Zephaniah 1 1. Hosea 1 1. Joel 1 1. So um, in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came. Hosea 1 1. Is it Hosea, uh, Haggai, we just read Haggai. Or oh, we haven't read Haggai. We have. The word of the Lord came to Hosea, the son of Biri. <laughs> Joel 1 1. Joel 1 1 Malachi. The word of the Lord came to Joel. So you see that the, the question, um, the partial inspiration. The word of the Lord came to Joel. Is it all part of it? The word of God? Yes. That's the word of God. The scripture means writings. So. That's why Jesus had to quote, it is written. He was making reference to scripture. In fact, when he was teaching the people in Matthew chapter 5, he would say things like, you've heard it is said, but I say. Then he will correct it. But he never corrected, it is written. He's never corrected, it is written. Because the word of God, the word of God doesn't change. Written, written about 3,500 years ago and the New Testament about 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And up to now, look, as sophisticated as technology is, almost every six months, you need to update your phone. Yeah. iPad, all the technology. Even televisions nowadays, we have to update it. Update, update. Everything is updated. 3,500 years, and it doesn't need updates. It doesn't need updates. It doesn't need updates. Doesn't it? And yet, there's before science was discovered, there are things this Bible has said that science have now found out. Yes. Initially, no science thought the world was flat. But Bible says God sits on the circles of the earth. Science later on found out that the world is round. They, they are catching up with the Bible. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the partial Theory says that, yeah, it has the word of God inside. I think that's what they were trying to teach, I believe, my daughter in school. So she asked me, 
But everything in the Bible was not said by God. But that question she asked, see, when you are taught, you hear, you see, you see a question, you hear a question coming, you know, this is a dangerous question. And the people who are not taught, you are going to things that scripture cannot support. And the, the truth in scripture, or let me put it, truth is eternal. Whatever is true, 18,000 years ago, <laughs> if there's anything like that, is true today. And it will be true forever. Truth is eternal. And the only truth is the word of God. John 17, 17. Jesus said, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your word is truth. The only truth is God's word. Well, so they say the false theory, that false theory of partial inspiration says that part of it is from God, but part of it is not from God. Now, the final false theory is the theory of, false theory of thoughts or di dynamic, dynamic inspiration or thought inspiration. It's like God dropped something in your thinking. He dropped it in your thinking. He started thinking like that and then he started writing it. But what is the, how did we get the Bible? The right mode of inspiration is what I mentioned last week, the plenary verbal. Plenary means that the whole of it, that's what I'm saying. Listen, people might not realize how important these things are. People might not realize what I'm teaching. Some of us how important it is. You, you have come to church. I believe the word of God is okay. It's okay. I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. Until Satan begins to show up in your day of crisis, begins to misquote the Bible and to challenge what you know. It just, so these are basic things you just have to know. It's like ABCs of faith. You just have to know and build your faith on it. For instance, no one can convince me that Jesus was not 100% man. He was so man that you wouldn't even know he's anything God. That's how 100%. And he was so God, fully God. That, and yet, the manness and the godness were without mixture. So my dad, now, his, man, his human life was being influenced or he was living depending on his divine life. No. He lived his human life based on the Holy Spirit who came upon him. So he wasn't living a human life or a divine life in a, like, it depended. So he went to die on the cross. He could bear the pain because he was God. No. No, 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 no. He was, he, the pain was as unbearable as a woman in labor and more. He was an unbearable. It's just, Bible said he was tempted at every point just like us. So whatever we went through, the plethora or the spectrum, spectrum of human pain, he also went through it. On the cross, that's why he could cry. That's why Jesus would cry. Jesus ate. He was hungry. Can you imagine? Jesus was hungry at some point. He was angry at some point. He wept. John, 10, uh, John 11, 35, the shortest verse in the Bible. And Jesus wept. Pastor, can you tell us how he wept, how he looks like? Just, just go anywhere or go to hospital and see someone who has lost a, a loved one. See the way they weep. They weep. That's how Jesus Weeping is weeping. Doesn't need to be defined. Jesus wept. Jesus laughed. Jesus ate fish. He ate. So, so 
The word of God, watch this. Plenary, plenary verbal. Plenary is all of it. And then verbal is the every word. Did you see that? So including the word recorded that Satan said. That the record, the recording of that word is God. God's word. What, what does that mean? So Satan said, I will ascend unto the, through, into the highs and I will be like the most high. That statement Satan said, there might be other things he has said, but it's not recorded. If some prophet says that he has heard other things Satan said, but they didn't record, that's not the word of God. Maybe he actually heard it, but it doesn't matter. It's not needed for your salvation. But really, even my personal experience are not necessary for your salvation. For your sal if it's not in the Bible, please, don't concentrate on it. It's not necessary for your work with God. Everything you need for your work with God, for your spiritual life, for your spiritual growth, is already here. That's why I said, don't add anything and don't take anything out of it. Revelation 22, I think verse 18 or so, said anyone who will add anything to it, they will add plagues to your life. Uh, yeah, for, for I testify to, uh, to everyone who hears the, the, words of, the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life. Real church is where the Bible of the word of God is taught in its, its integrity. So it's not like I, we are imposing our opinion on the Bible, but we are letting the Bible do the speaking. So then when a pastor teaches something, and you don't think it's accurate from what the Bible, you have to be able to say, no, pastor, that's, that's not accurate. What I, I didn't understand. It doesn't agree with what I just read. We have to, and if we find out that the Bible said it, and the Bible said God is a he, it doesn't matter how people feel. We, we, just, we just stay with it. We just stay with it. So, plenary verbal inspiration means that all the words written, the people were inspired, and as they wrote, the writing was inspired. Pastor, I know the question you, you have in your mind. I'm sure at some point we'll tackle it a bit more. Why do we have so many versions? But the versions are not saying anything different. That's the first thing you must know about. That's why we say, okay, let's look at this version. Let, you will say one version says that for God so loved the world that he gave his blood. Okay, let's look at the other version. The other version says, for God was not sure that he would like the word. No, no, no. It, it's the same thing. God so it. It's the same thing, just that the truth is the Bible was translated from three languages. The Old Testament was primarily, predominantly written in Hebrew. And there were little portions of it that were written in the language of Jesus, Aramaic. So when Jesus said, Eli, Eli, Lamak, Sabachthani, it's not, it's not Greek. Yes, yes. That is Aramaic. Jesus spoke Aramaic. So there are times you see Aramaic in the in the. Uh, they translated from only little portions. But chunk of it was Hebrew. Old Testament was translated in Hebrew, from Hebrew. was originally written in Hebrew. And the New Testament, it was at that time, G Greek was the lingua franca. It's like the way the dollar is the international currency. Because when you get somewhere, you have, I'm sure Chinese president will have to speak English at some places. 
when it gets to you have to speak english because english has become global you understand because of united kingdom in america english is the kind of right so at that time in the then known world greek was the international language and so it, it, when you can if you can speak greek you can travel in a lot of places and be able to communicate communicate with anybody because alexander the great before jesus came before the romans came into power alexander the great has conquered the then known world so he's conquered all and he, made, he forced everyone like the way the british did it british did it they forced everybody to speak english in a lot of other places you know why so then what god did was it made it easy for the gospel message when the church was born to travel everywhere that's what paul why paul could go to asia go here go here and everywhere he went he, paul was greek speaking so the new testament was written in a street language street greek it's called koine greek where everybody is not that top professional uh, uh, aristocratic greek is the normal day-to-day -day english in it yeah it was <laughs> it was written in koine greek so now so so watch this this is very important the greek language is richer than the english language yes. for instance when in english we say love it depends on what love you are talking about the greek will break it you know so then sometimes a word translated in from greek might have some nuances so it depends on how that the, the the text is phrased People might say, okay, it really means this, or this, you can put it, you can render it this way. And so it's not far away from the integrity of the text because all translations are academic exercises. So it's not like someone sitting and thinking, no, it's an academic exercise overseen by scholars, approved by scholars. What you have said is actually true to the integrity of the translation. But the words might differ slightly. Do, do you understand? For instance, NIV in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says that uh, all scripture is given by the bread. Uh, all scripture is God breathed. It didn't even say it's given. It's, it's God breathed. But New King James says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. King James says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. American uh, Standard Version or New American. All scripture is inspired by. Did you, did you see how? It's all kind of the same language, but it is inspired, God breathed. But originally, it's actually, NIV seems to be more close in this particular text, more close to the original because it is theonupsis. God is like, he breathed it, he coughed it out. He breathed it out. All the words. So when the man was writing the way, he didn't know he was writing it, but God was breathing it out. So there are different words used to uh, uh, describe the Bible. The word of God, word, scriptures, scripture, holy scriptures, uh, uh, um, God's word, God's word. And then the word of truth, the word of grace, the word of life. All these all refer to the same one and only thing. The only one you will not find in the Bible is the Bible, the word Bible. The word Bible is not in the Bible. It is a Greek word translated from a Greek word, biblios, one book, biblia, books. And so they translated the Bible as the book, biblios. 
the Bible is translated Biblius. But really, it's made up of 66. It's the only library that has fixed number of books. <laughs> you can't update, you got the only library. The Bible is actually a library, a collection of 66 books from Genesis. Genesis is a book. Numbers, Exodus is a book. Numbers is a book. Matthew is a book. Zephaniah is a book. Zechariah is a book. Malachi is a book. These are all books. Books that were written and a compilation of those books make the book. The book. So the Bible, when we got the word Bible from the Greek word biblios, which means a book. So the Bible is the book. There are many books, but this is the book of life. And the Bible, in the Bible, it has internal witnesses that show that about 3,800 times they said, that's yes, the Lord. The word of God, Lord came. That's what I was reading earlier on, showing you. So there's, when, how do you know it's the word of God? Because the Bible itself says it is the word of God. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.